Hey everybody! Welcome to the movie side of the tracks. Still a terrible title. Yeah, we're back for another series. Another series. Last time we talked about uh, spy movies. Yes. And uh, we were trying to figure out which, uh, which score was going to be on the Mount Rushmore of uh, spy movie scores. Did we, uh, did we get an answer to that? Uh, well, what happened is that, uh, uh, I put up a, a thing to vote and nobody voted. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you saying there's no interest? There's, people don't have anything at stake? I guess, unless it's superhero movies, no one cares. Mm. So. And that's what's wrong with America, who we are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then that means, uh, I guess, let's just... Us decide the, th- the three of us. So it's between James Bond, Austin Powers, and uh, Kingsman. All right, let's all give our answer at the same time. Three, two, two one. Kingsman. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say James Bond. I'm 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 obviously saying James Bond, especially since the Austin Powers isn't even an original score for them. So yeah, that's Bond all day. What do you say, Aaron? I can go with that. Yeah, Bond sounds all right. Congratulations, James Bond. You join, uh, you join um, uh, Christian Bale's Batman uh, on the Mount Rushmore. That's a a faulty. That's a faulty Rushmore. (laughs) All right. Well, so this new series, uh, obviously, should you introduce us? Oh yeah! Hi everybody. This this is Bobbert. Uh, in front of me, I got uh, McJeffrey. Hi. From uh, Jeff's uh, versus the '80s and 2000s or whatever. <laughs> that would be Jeff and Eric versus the '80s and Jeff and Travis in the year 2000 podcast. Okay. All right. All right. Find right. us on iTunes or SoundCloud. Yeah. There you go. And then we have Aaron, or as we like to call him, Cryos. Where can everybody hear your uh, ramblings, Cryos? Uh, on this podcast. <laughs> Come and knock Ex- on his door. Exclusively on the Movie Side of the Tracks podcast, everybody. All right. So, uh, obviously, we're in, we're in the month of October. This is... Uh, this is <laughs> More the, than halfway through. Yeah, we're more than, <laughs> they don't know this. I mean, this could very well go up after October 31st. Oh, I, I, I bet on it. <laughs> This is gonna be timely as shit. So because it's Halloween, I decided let's let's do something that's Halloweeny, because that's how I like to do things around here. Okay. So we're gonna do slashers. Oh, fun! So we're going to decide the the best slasher film scores of all time. Okay. This is a genre I'm pretty familiar with. Are you? Oh God, yes. As far as the most popular slasher scores go. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Sorry, you gotta get one of those in every time, huh? I've, I've, you know what? I've been pretty restrained the last couple of weeks on podcasts, but that was for you. Okay, thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, what about you, Aaron? How familiar are you with slasher movies in general? You know, if it's not uh, sort of considered a classic or critically acclaimed, I probably haven't seen it, but. The majority of the ones that we're going to be talking about tonight, I have seen, and uh, I think they belong right here in our list. Okay, all right. Um, I know that you don't like playing video games where right. you're either the slasher or trying to escape from the slasher. Do you like slasher movies? Um, 
I usually actually now think about it, I guess I don't. Oh. The only sort of horror or slasher movies I like always have a twist. Either they're more about intensity, you know, they're mm. not so much about the blood and guts, they're just more about uh, uh, drawing you and holding your attention, or something like Cabin in the Woods, where they, it's meta, it can reflect uh, on itself mm-hmm. and sort of make fun of the genre. I like that. Yeah, for sure. And Jeff, do you like it? Uh, I f- Slasher films as a whole are mostly garbage, <laughs> but they are great communal experiences to watch with friends. Yeah. The only, like... Honestly, the um, the great um, series of films in the, this genre, most of them are crap, but they're all watchable with the right people. And, you know, isn't that what this is all about in the end? Yeah. Sharing experiences, enjoying <laughs> the, um, the mutilation of teenage women. Teenage women. That's an oxymoron. Or is that is that an oxymoron, or is that just me being silly? That's you being silly. I'm being silly. Yeah, you're being All silly. Right. Right. Well, I, I think about it because they're women playing teenagers. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting you call it a slasher film, because I was thinking of it as horror, but it's got to be almost, I mean, I assume slasher is like a subset of horror, right? There, yeah, it's a subgenre. Yeah. Yeah. So the ones we're looking at tonight, I guess, are mainly slashers, I'll yeah. say. Well, they're, they're, they're all slashers. They are all slashers. Um, it they do some of them do start dipping into other like there's a Venn diagram of uh, horror genres, and are the one we're looking at is is slasher, but other other horror genres do fall into pieces of of that of that uh, that genre. So okay, um, obviously we're gonna start with. Probably the progenitor, the creator of the slasher film genre, mm-hmm. one might say. And that is Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Um, have, have, we all, have all of us seen the movie? Many times. Yes. Okay, all right. So, uh, Psycho is one of the first movies I saw in my uh, film, uh, film uh, class at Sierra College, my community college. You you know what's amazing? I managed to actually watch Psycho not knowing <laughs> the twist. Well, I just realized you have the De Bomb hot sauce up there. That's crazy. <laughs> I've, I've seen that on TV all the time. I hear it tastes terrible. <laughs> nice tangent. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I just caught the corner of my eye. I was like, is it? Could it be? Uh, all right. So you didn't know the twist, huh? I honestly did not. I mean, I knew the I knew the infamous shower scene, but mm. I didn't know. Spoiler, everybody, that uh, you know, Mama, yeah, Mama Psycho, <laughs> <laughs> Mama Bates, Mama Bates was uh, long dead. So when uh, the reveal happens, like what? It got you. Huh? It got me. And um, yeah, I'm a big fan of the film. Anthony Perkins probably. If you, if you put a gun to my head, please don't. Um, but if you did and say, were my ten favorite like uh, performances all time in film, Anthony Perkins is Norman Bates, it would probably be on there. Wow. And I've never seen the sequels. And I hear the second one's not terrible. So I, I hear that all of them have their, their merits. The third one apparently has hardcore fans. Yeah. Um, what about you, Aaron? What did you, when you first saw Psycho, or how do you look upon it these days? Um, pretty fondly, I, uh, like you, was, you know, an adult when I saw it, and so um, it came with a lot of 
expectations, right? It's right. known as a classic, and, and it's, it's, you know, you're basically told, well, if you know good movies, you'll like this movie, kind mm. of thing. So, um, I, I did enjoy it, and Hitchcock, you know, he's he's the man. Like, yeah. his, his ability to direct is awesome. So, I, I it's dated, and, you know, there's a lot of, it, it feels old, but it's still timeless. I don't know. Sometimes I'll I'll rewatch uh, some of his old flicks, and I'm like, wow, this stuff is like, feels old. Doesn't feel old. Feels like you know better than some of the stuff we have now in terms of because it is. <laughs> <laughs> we talk. Yes, it's better than most of today's slashers. Have any of you seen the remake by Gus Van Sant? No. Yes, parts. Not all of it. <laughs> I've seen Anne Heche's bubble. Okay. <laughs> I did see a bit of, um, was it, who, who put on AM, it was AMC who did Bates Motel? I think yeah. that show was fun. I mean, uh, fun Or I think it's either that or A&E, A&E Network. Yeah. I saw a few episodes of that, and that, uh, you know, was, was pretty good. The problem, I almost wish a lot of these sort of remakes would just tell a story and even though we'll get, we'll we'll know it's you know a psycho remake. Tell a story and just change the names. Don't call it psycho anymore. And but, but, right, I I don't disagree with you. But you know why they do that, right? It's because they want to draw people in. Yeah. yeah, they need that brand name. Okay, so let's uh, let's take a listen to probably the most iconic piece of music from the movie Psycho. Yeah. shower scene yeah it's it's titled the murder yes uh by bernard herman um from the psycho psycho score yeah um and i mean i mean what, what what's what's your impression aaron whenever you hear that piece of music yeah i mean it's it's iconic um that's one of those ones where how how long of that song need to hear before you recognize it all of two seconds you know you know exactly what it is you get that vision in your head even people who haven't seen the movie know that that's a, a lady being killed in the shower so it's, it's excellent sort of hidden gems I found on that soundtrack was Prelude the City yeah um, the, essentially the opening the opening that's yeah, the one that that's, just that's the wrong sample that has the, the violins in it that that's yeah. the that's the full force one that's the one that just Jeez. This brings me there. And boy, it's such a tone setter for the fucking movie when when it comes up with the credits. Like, it's like, all right, <laughs> pay attention, fuckers. Yeah, um, that's the thing. That's what's interesting because um, that piece of music, the, the murder, is probably the most famous and the most imitated piece of, of film music in, in cinematic history, right? Um, but... Um, Prelude does kind of set the audience up to feel tense throughout the flick. Mm-hmm. Um, and the music never gets that intense again. The rest of the, the movie is kind of... Um, the music in it is very 
um, sort of like in the background Subtle. until until the murder sequence. Yes. Love it. I, I mean, next to maybe the Jaws theme, is there any other like theme you could actually name after hearing just like one note? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, boom, Jaws, boom, psycho. And John Williams actually admitted to using similar techniques when creating the Jaws theme um, that Bernard Herrmann used when he came up with the psycho theme. Yeah. And this is a great example of doing a lot with a little, because when I was listening to it, you know, it's, it's not some orchestral piece. I mean, it's, it's a lot of strings. Is that strings. you? <laughs> what is that sound? Is it, you, oh, you got notification, sorry. Uh, Do you hear it on there? Yeah, it sounded like a, whore, like a clown horn. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you there. But no problem. But yeah, it's, a, it's really string heavy, and it doesn't sound expensive. I mean, I know it's old, but you don't get the sense that, you know, there was thousands of, uh, of players trying to, to hash out this arrangement. It sounds pretty simple, but really effective. Well, there's a reason for that, apparently. Um, when Hitchcock wanted to make Psycho, he couldn't get the normal amount of money to make it because the subject matter was deemed uh, unfilmable or uh, inappropriate. And so he uh, only was able to get the movie... Um, um, Essentially, you know, funded by agreeing to create uh, create it on a, on probably his smallest budget ever wow. um, since going Hollywood, um, and that included uh, a very small budget for the music, so small that initially Bernard Herrmann did not want to do it because he didn't want a pay cut, <laughs> um, but uh, Hitchcock was able to convince him, and that's the reason why it sounds so small because literally all he had is violins, all he had was strings. So that's all he could work with. And, you know, uh, uh, what do they say? Um, uh, necessity is the... the uh, mother of invention. Mother, mother of invention. Yeah, there you go. Good, good work. Um, so he just, decided, he just decided to make a very string-heavy thing, and I think it obviously worked out for the best. Hitchcock himself said that uh, 33%... He's very he's very specific. Thirty three percent of the effect of Psycho was due to the music. That's like a third. Yep. <laughs> <clears throat> and what's actually funny is that uh, he initially didn't want to score during the the shower scene. Mm. He wanted that all played out in silence. Um, and then Herman came in and played this piece of music that he had composed for it. And Hitchcock was the, then said um, uh, that uh, he admitted at that point that his suggestion was a mistake to not have any music there. So he immediately put it in. Well, at least he's a man who can uh, recognize when he's wrong. Yeah. And that's why he's a fine director. Or was. <coughs> that's the last one you get. Well, I'm, not, I'm, out, I'm, I'm out of NOS, so I don't know. <laughs> So the, the, the music, uh, people believed um, that um, the sound of the score was actually achieved using electronic means because they were not able to believe that violins alone were able to make such a shocking effect. That's quite the compliment. Yeah, but yeah, it's just, just those violins, baby. Yeah, it's, it's lovely. It's, lovely. it's, it's, it's iconic. Like I say, you... 
How many times have we picked up a knife, <laughs> made stabbing <laughs> motions, <laughs> and we go the ring, ring, ring? Like I do there it like every no day, really. What's that? <laughs> there is no other sound to stab somebody to. Yeah, right? that's true. That's true, and it's obviously used uh, to great effect for you know jokes as well and to punctuate parodies and yeah, what parodies and whatnot. Um, but also, the, Psycho is pretty much the origin of the slasher movie. Certainly in America. Right, for sure. Because um, the Giallos in uh, Italy were obviously very popular there, but had the, not really made a made an impact in America quite yet. And their scores were bullshit. <laughs> That's why we're not discussing them. Yeah. <laughs> Is that you, you saying that there's some scores from uh, that side that should have uh, been uh, included? No, I'm... I don't watch yeah. foreign films. No, okay. That's not even true. <laughs> so let's play a, a piece of that uh, prelude uh, music now, just to get get get. get. Now, th- this is my shit right yeah, here. This, this is this is where you get going, right? Oh, yes, hell yeah, bring it. Yeah, what a way to open up a movie, right? Oh god! You, immediately, you're you feel you feel frantic. Well, it's the thing, is, and you identify with that character you're seeing on screen. That's like, why is she being so frantic too? Yeah. Well, I mean, Hitchcock's always been good at opening his films with something pretty uh, memorable, and mm-hmm. Psycho's no different. Like you, you, you're, you're not you're not wandering into Psycho. You know exactly what you're about to watch. And uh, yeah, it's a it's great. It's one of my top one hundred favorite films. And pot, I believe it is my favorite Hitchcock. I know you're a Vertigo guy, but uh, I actually, I actually think I Rear Window is my favorite Hitchcock. Oh God, <laughs> such a you're a common man. That's what you are. <laughs> rear Window, so I, basic. Rear Window, all right, whatever, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Well, what's wrong with that, bro? That's overrated. Oh, damn. It's overrated for Hitchcock. Okay. Let me reiterate. Okay. Um, but, so, if, Hitch, if, if Hitchcock's Psycho is pretty much the origin of the slasher, the, the movie that cemented the formula of the slasher movie, at least in America, has to be the next thing movie we're going to talk about, which is... John Carpenter's Halloween, Halloween from 1978. So it took 18 years for someone to come along and perfect that formula. God, what did we have in between that? Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Black Christmas, Black some people Christmas. would say, is, is also a, a I mean, I love Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but did it even have a score? <laughs> right, yeah. If it, it's very minimalist. There is music, ominous music in it. Would you think, would you say that Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a slasher, though? Uh, if some of the other movies on this list are slashers, then yes. Okay. Um, 
by by the strict definition, maybe not. That's debatable. But um, if I'm if I'm let's say if I go back in time and I go into a video store, mm, good old days, and I saw a section that said slashers, and I saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I would not go over to management and tell them this is wrong. <laughs> you need to put this in hillbilly psycho. <laughs> yeah, you got it in the wrong spot, bro. But uh, Aaron, uh, ha- have you seen the original Halloween? I have. Okay, good. Um, and uh, what? Uh, what's? Uh, do you I mean? Do you agree with the assessment that pretty much set the formula, or do you have other thoughts? Like you said, I, I guess the honorable mention would be Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but this one really set it up where we have, you know, a, a psychopath or just a monster slaying bunches of people. Right, and that's and um, yeah, it, it it's the one that I guess kind of perfected it. It definitely brought uh, to the forefront the un- the unstoppable monster, um, yeah. who we don't have any real backstory. I mean, we do. We get a little idea from once Doctor Loomis comes into the uh, equation, but you know. Halloween is to um, give credit and to blame for all the the slasher uh, films that would come after it uh, into the late seventies and into well, well into very today actually. Right. So uh, Halloween, if more so than even Psycho, I think was the precursor. Like we can take the. I mean, would there have been a Psycho two without a Halloween? Yeah, that's a good good point. Yeah. And that's why it was saying about the definition like how many people died in psycho uh give me one no two yeah oh yeah two the detective two right so you know when i think slasher i'm i'm this gratuity decadence you know buckets of blood and i don't really get so i agree you know it's a horror film but uh yeah that's the one pretty much the only one on the list i think where i was like i I was interested you put put it as a slasher film you know what i mean Right. Well, I, I I think when it comes to Psycho, like I said, it's the origin of of the slasher movie, and then from there it's escalated because with those that single kill is so significant that you don't really need anything more than that in Psycho, right? The way it's filmed, the music, obviously, um, and just the shock of it, because this is a character. You killed our lead protagonist. Yeah, you you killed the character that we thought. As the audience, we're going to follow all the way to the end. So it's sort of like enough that people probably were like, no, no more. Don't kill. And don't kill any more people. Uh, I mean, that's 1960s sensibility. The reality is on Halloween, Michael Myers doesn't kill that many people. No. He does not really. How? What? Three? He kills his sister. In the very beginning. In the very beginning as a child. Okay. He kills Laurie Strode's friends and their boyfriends. So how many were there's three of them? Yeah, there's there's three girls. So there's three And the dude. Four. So four. There's four dead people. Yeah. Maybe maybe more than we've we've uh, might have forgotten. <laughs> so there's there's four deaths in Halloween. And one is essentially a flashback. So they it doubles the kills of Psycho. All right. Well, well, those numbers would get obliterated in the 80s easily. One of the things I think it did bring to it is the whole, like, uh, the victims having sex, Mm. you know, before dying. Because I think that happened, like, at least once in this movie, right? Yeah. Well, the funny thing about that is apparently that was never the intention of the the director and the writer. 
Deborah Hill, which was also the producer of the movie, co-wrote the movie with John Carpenter. And that wasn't their intention to create like some sort of like a rule book, rule book or morality, like all oh, the, the virgin survives. It's just that's what the idea is that when you're their reasoning was why Laurie Strode survived, survived is she wasn't with anybody. And so therefore being alone means you pay more attention to everybody else. When you're in a relationship with somebody else, the whole world kind of just disappears into the background. Don't I know it? And you don't notice things. So that was the that was the, that was the reasoning behind why Laurie Strode was the final girl. Not because she didn't have sex; it's just because she wasn't with anybody. She was alone. Um, but we'll talk about that in Act Two about where those rules actually become established and become the the trope, the norm, or the cliche going forward. But let's listen to the piece of music. Uh, from Halloween, the theme, obviously, the iconic as fuck theme. Exceptionally iconic. Super simple, but unbelievably effective, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Just uh, the the re- repetition, and then how it escalates and sort of dies back down, and then booms back up again, and it's in uh, just sort of like its uh, varying tones. It just to me, it's like I, I'm not gonna lie. I think this is the greatest piece of slasher music ever made. I could listen to this on a loop. <laughs> I bet you have. I bet you go to sleep too. <laughs> um, Last night I actually listened to uh, a thirty-minute uh, uh, compilation of all the Halloween theme versions throughout the years. How the Rob Zombie sound? Rob Zombie was sounded pretty cool. Yeah. Did, did was, he get? Did he stick to the original, or did he come up with his own thing? Well, I mean, it was it's about. exact same theme. It's just, and he didn't do it. Tyler Bates did it. Okay. Um, but it's, it's, it's got other flourishes, like it's actual got real instruments versus the synthesizer, which, um, John Carpenter co- composed this piece of music all by himself, uh, took him three days. Mm-hmm. Um, Carpenter said that he, he, he can play music on any keyboard, but he does not how, no, does not know how to read or write music to save his life. Oh, we have that in common. <laughs> uh, so he just sits down and starts plucking away at the at the uh or pl- not plucking away but uh you yeah, know yeah plunking the ivories there yeah plunking the ivories sure um you tickle the ivories tickle that's right tickle the ivories i plunk them i don't know what you're doing <laughs> I'm all about ripping those ivories out of the, out of the keyboard um and john carpenter wishes he, I feel like he's been chasing that dragon since Halloween, trying to make some music just even half as iconic as Halloween score, and he has not come close. I know you're a fan of his 80s Oh, man, stuff, I love his music. But nothing touches the Halloween. 
He's gone on tour. He's gone on tour as recently as last year with brand new music to sold out venues all over the world. Full of freaking <laughs> geeks like you. <laughs> no self-respecting human being would go to a John Carpenter concert. <laughs> How dare you. I hope he saved Halloween for last, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> he actually has uh, done the score for the new one that uh, comes out tonight, uh, as of recording, comes out tonight. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm excited to get a listen to it. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be... I mean, uh, one of my favorite things is going to concerts and having a band decide that they're going to do their version of Halloween. It happens every October. You'll go to a concert and some band says, let's do it, and they start going at it, and like immediately the crowd goes wild. I fucking go wild. I rip my shirt off and start, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, no, I don't really do that. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> but, I mean, there's no, yeah, it's like the Psycho, it's very simplistic, but exceptionally effective, and <laughs> recognizable immediately. And of course, what we're putting these two songs up against these two Here's scores up against each Would other. Would you say they're the same? I think Psycho is pure fear, and I think Halloween theme is more, more ominous. Yes, dread. I'm, I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing. Um, it's like the Psycho is like the moment that you are getting stabbed to death by Michael Myers, while uh, the Halloween theme Something is, is somebody's right. watching me. Somebody's watching me, and I don't know who's watching me. So. I like that better. Okay, Rockwell. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Aaron? What do you think? Yeah, that's a perfect way to put it. While Psycho is sort of that that moment in time, I like that the Halloween theme is it's persistent. It's chasing you down the street. Yeah, that's what it sounds. That's what it feels like. Chasing. That's why slowly. I can put it on a loop. <laughs> Forever chased by Michael Myers. Can't get ever. Can't ever get away. And I didn't know that. Carpenter had had done that pretty much by himself. I, I likened it to Psycho, where it was pretty synthesizer and you know piano heavy. Um, but dang, it's a lot of the themes on there are are pretty good. Yeah, there's a there's a track called The Shape Stalks, and that same thing. It's it's freaking excellent. Like I really like the way that he, he did that as well. So I think he captured the theme of the uh, of the movie. And sort of made the music to accompany that. And he did all in three days. He's like, meh. And it's the best thing about Halloween, kind of, period. What's what that? kind of drugs do you think? What, what kind, kind of drugs he was on? I don't know. Probably LSD. It was, uh, it was the 70s, right? Or was it cocaine? Cocaine was the... No, cocaine was big in the 80s. I'll look up what drugs he was on. <laughs> I think it was coke. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so the... What's... What's interesting is, like you mentioned, he the the character, while we know him as Michael Myers, he's referred to in the script and in the score as the shape. Because um, while Norman Bates, they try to give an explanation to his his his, his psychosis, his his need to kill, in Psycho, in Halloween, when you are when when we do approach a doctor, Doctor Loomis, which by the way is an homage to the doctor or to the character in Psycho, the one that goes looking for, for uh, Janet Lee's character. His name is Loomis. So Dr. Loomis in Halloween, when they ask him, like, what's his problem, 
he doesn't give him a like a like a medical uh, uh, you know uh, determination. He doesn't doesn't you know say all oh, his this is his diagnosis. He says he's pure evil. <laughs> yeah, that that would get you fired. I would imagine that would get you fired and take away your medical license and all that stuff if you were to to do that. But yeah, but he's like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. I tried everything with this kid. He's got no soul. He's just evil incarnate. Uh, he is not admitted to any drug use, though. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis uh, had had her, had her throes with drug addiction, so that's fun. Okay, great. <laughs> she didn't make any good music, though. No, 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 not yeah. You're right. No, just uh, just great movies. Some sometimes great movies. Hitness, hitness, yeah. Virus, virus all day long. Okay, but uh, this obviously this this particular piece of music has inspired a lot of musicians, um, and recently. Recently, even uh, good old uh, uh, Trent Reznor uh, decided to, you know, try his hand at a version of this uh, of the song, and I'm gonna play it for you guys right now. Just a little bit of it, cause it's really long. But uh, take a listen, enjoy. like a like just like old timey monster movie because it sounds feels like more like an organ mm-hmm. yeah so yeah no it's cool I mean I could do it without the all the uh, build up the little nine inch nail Reznor build up calling card in the beginning but you know it's, it is what it is it's good where's your sense of foreplay yeah huh where's your sense of foreplay I don't know I like to get right to it <laughs> <laughs> Four, Jeff doesn't have any stamina, man. Four, four plays. Right like to it. Four plays for suckers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. I didn't come to Oakland for nothing. <laughs> but I think the simplicity of that song lends itself to artists being able to do different things with it and it actually working. Because, I, I, like I said, I listened to all of the different themes um, from the various movies. Um, and while... I think the fourth one is kind of bad. Is that the curse? That's the return of Michael oh. Myers. Um, everyone after that and before that all sound pretty pretty cool. What, 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 what's wrong with the return? It sounds... Um, Dated? There's something about it that sounds like it's like a fake version of the, of the theme. Like some they got some kid off the street to do it some homeless kid some homeless kid hey kid yeah. yeah quit peddling here here well, sit down the synth get to work or you, or you won't get your gruel <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> alright but you know but like, like we said this this cemented the formula for the slasher genre and since then it's it's been just a you know ton of movies trying to emulate that formula some more successful than others yeah um, but now we come to the end of Act One, and we have to decide: Psycho or Halloween. Aaron, oh. 
man. Oh, man. Um, you know, while I think Halloween <laughs> may be a little bit more well-rounded, like it's not quite as frantic throughout the whole soundtrack, um, I just, I just got to go with the simplicity of Psycho. And as far as, uh, like you said, a limited budget, something totally different than people were doing before. Um, you know, the, I'll, I'll, out of the two, and it's it's really close, but I'll go with Psycho. Oh, man. Jeff? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, don't mean to uh, rip your heart out there, Robbie, but... Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Hey, How is this possible? How is this possible? You know why? Every time. You know why? <laughs> because you're putting the two most iconic scores up yeah. against each other, <laughs> and this is what happens. It happened with Superman and Batman. It happened with Pink Panther and James Bond. And now it's going to happen with Halloween and Psycho. Psycho set the tone. Psycho is the placeholder. Psycho is not only one of the most recognizable uh, scores in horror slasher, it's period. And not to take anything away from Halloween, the score is amazing. Um, and it's, it's the best thing John Carpenter's ever vomited out, but by a mile, <laughs> musically. Um, but no, no, Bernard Herman, he, he's 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 taking the trophy. But you know what, Rob? We're both wrong. Clearly, why don't you give your answer? Uh, I mean, I, I think I did earlier. I uh, pretty much uh, revealed your hand. Yeah, so I revealed my hand early in saying that Halloween to me is, like I said, I can play it on a fucking loop. And, like, listen to it for two hours straight, I, I'd be okay. I could do that with Psycho, too. <laughs> you could? I don't know, man. I, I tried listening to the Psycho score, and while most of it is good, the murder scene, I was riding my bike, and I almost fucking, like, ate it again. Excellent. <laughs> because the, It affected it, you. Yeah, it did. It did. It's not it's not music you can just have playing in the background, like with like no. Halloween. Music you can't have playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Do you jerk off to the psycho? Yeah, I got my, my strokes in line with oh, the, the beat. Lord. Uh, <laughs> stabbing my pud. Oh. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, Psycho. And, okay. But like I said, uh, Halloween is overall a spoiler. It's the second best score in this thing that we're doing. So, there you go. But, yeah. you know, if you, tough break. If you want to show somebody that you know how to play the piano, right, you either play Chopsticks or you play the Halloween <laughs> theme. <laughs> or you play Richard Marx's Right Here Waiting as I've learned that, that will that will make the panties drop okay. one last thing um, we mentioned Jaws is Jaws a slasher movie? no that, that, is a, that shark is coming after people like a slasher slashing would. with his teeth yeah. No, it is a. You know, I, I think I think Jaws might be a slasher movie. Uh, then all horror movies are slasher <laughs> movies. <laughs> so you bullshit. That's that's man versus nature right there. Okay. All right. You know what? I feel like with slashers, there's sort of like this inescapable aspect to them, and they went after Jaws way too much. Like they could have just got out of the ocean. Right. Slasher. The man loves to swim, bro. <laughs> Man loves to swim. You can't take that away from him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna take a, a short break. This is the end of episode one, or episode, uh, or act one, episode one of the series. 
Uh, we're going to take a short break on this side, and uh, we'll be uh, we'll be back.